Warning. Listening to this podcast could be hazardous to your mental health. Side effects could include random fits of yelling go bills to total strangers. For your safety, the entire collective medical community recommends caution when consuming this podcast. You are listening to Buffalo on the Brain with the most unathletic man in Bill's Mafia, Vince Taylor. Somebody please check on Nick Wright. Good morning, Bill's Mafia. How are you all feeling today after that big Chiefs win 38-20 to against... Well, the Chiefs are struggling, but I said all week long, I think that's still a good team. I think they were still considered the best team in the AFC. So this is still a quality win, even if that Chiefs team is struggling right now. I think the Bills right now are the best team in the AFC. I think you have to look at it that way. You are listening to Buffalo in the Brain. I am your host, Vince Taylor, and... I hope you all had at least a chance to catch a little bit of sleep last night after the late start and the late delay because of the lightning strikes there in Kansas City, but well worth the time staying up late to watch this game and finish this game. And so much to talk about this morning. We have in this episode, as we do every week, Justin Goddard is over to do his segment in The Real or Silly, and just one person in the Mafia hot seat, but one of my favorites, uh, Nate, over from Circling the Wagons pod, is just so fun to talk to, and uh, as I always say, he's one of the best people in the Mafia, and one of the first podcasts that I discovered when I realized that Bill's podcasting was a thing, but before we get into that, we have to talk about this Chiefs game. I'd be lying if I told you that I... I know I picked the, the Bills to win, but I'd be lying if I said at any point in this game I felt super comfortable until, you know, probably about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. I, I think I was starting to feel a little bit more comfortable. We had that 11-point win there for a while. I thought that's Patrick Mahomes. That might not be enough, but, you know, we did have some weather issues last night. We hear all year long about how Josh Allen is not the same quarterback as he was last year. He's played in some rainy games, and yeah, he's... He's not. He's not statistically has not been that quarterback, but he's still been really good if you're watching the game with your eyeballs. But why does Patrick Mahomes get a pass in games like this? He threw the ball 54 times last night. Didn't get to 300 yards. He actually threw two picks. Now, one of them was a tip pass. But, you know, (laughs) the nice uh, touchdown after the pick for Micah Hyde, but still two picks for Patrick Mahomes. How many did Josh have? Josh had none. Josh threw the ball 26 times. He was throwing some deep strikes, three touchdowns on the night for him, and he run for 59 yards. I am usually not super happy when I see Josh Allen running the ball that much because I don't like to see him taking the hits. I know he's big. I know he's strong, but so is Cam. And Cam got beat down a little bit later in his career. But in a game like this and in the red zone, I, I cared less. It didn't bother me as much as it did last night. And giving the Chiefs something to think about. I know the Chiefs were without Chris Jones, and that is a big deal for them. But you know what? We were out Matt Milano. So tit for tat there. And we were on the road in Arrowhead. That is a tough place to play. I've been there. It does get loud. 
and the Bills still come out with a W, 38-20. to 20. And after this game, the Bills right now have the best offense in the NFL and the best defense in the NFL, the largest point differential as well. Yes, yes, Pittsburgh's in there. Yes, the Dolphin, a bad Dolphins team is in there. Yes, the Houston Texans team is in there. But the Chiefs are in there too. So we can't say that we haven't faced anybody. That's an explosive offense. We've heard all week long about how that Kansas City offense is pretty much touchdown or interception. Uh, they have not been punting the ball very much. They're a machine. And last night, yeah, the weather probably worked against Patrick Mahomes. He had a couple of, of drops. But Josh Allen had the same situation, didn't he? And Josh Allen comes out looking like the better quarterback last night. And I love it. I can't say enough about it. And by the way, who is this Dawson Knox fellow? Yeah, I know. I was never really... I was not on the, the Zach Ertz trade at all. I never wanted the trade for Zach Ertz. But I didn't necessarily want Dawson Knox to be the starter either. I wanted him on the team. I wanted him as tight end too. I really kind of wanted the role Halser out there. Well, that was really stupid, wasn't it? <laughs> uh Three catches, a couple of long ones, big plays, another touchdown in a fourth straight game. And Dawson Knox is looking like we have that elite tight end, at least so far this season. For all intents and purposes, the first quarter of the season is over. I mean, it is. We're actually past the first quarter of the season, and Dawson Knox is, is unstoppable right now. Have I mentioned how much I hate waiting on primetime games? I remember... Not that long ago, how me and most of Bill's Mafia was upset because we were getting disrespected and we never got put in primetime games. And now that we're good and we get them, all I do is complain that I have to wait all day to watch the Bills. And next week is not going to get any better. We have no football on Sunday for us, and we have to wait all the way to Monday night to watch the Bills take on the Titans. And then we have a bye week. So, I don't know. Long Sundays, I guess. There are worse problems to have. We also haven't talked about the referees. The referees were really, really bad last night. I I don't know what's going on in the league, and I know it's the cool thing, and, and that's what we do all the time is we complain about calls, we complain about referees, and I know, I realize that is not an easy job to have. It's, it's much easier for us to watch things on the sideline and get the replays and, and be able to make definitive calls, and I realize that it is difficult. They got to be better than this, right? The roughing the passer, even the one that went in our favor, some of these things are just ridiculous. You should be allowed to tackle a quarterback, and that's what they're there for. And we're going too far in the other direction, and I, I don't like it. I think things are just way subjective right now, and I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I think the NFL needs to get together and decide how they want to start calling plays, but it's not just the NFL. College is just as bad. Um I cover my college team on Saturdays, and I was at a game uh, Saturday, and, and their officiating was just as bad there. I mean, just blatant missed calls. Um, not sure if maybe it's just more visible because we're good. Maybe we didn't care as much because I, I remember seeing iffy calls pretty much my entire life, but right now it just seems to be so, so much more obvious and outstanding and flagrant and and. I don't know. It's just not fun to see that. But holding that Kansas City offense and balling it up like that, even if it's in a rainy night, whatever, I don't want to hear about it. The Chiefs got 
most of the calls went their way. The vast majority of calls went their way. 20 points to Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs now fall to 2-3, and three, and they have a huge hole to climb out of in that AFC West. They're perfectly capable, as Justin and I talked about this week, of running off seven, eight, nine wins in a row. We've seen the Patriots do it before. This feels a little different now, I guess, now that I'm thinking about it uh, after some time. But uh, it looks like they might be a wild card team. Uh, I'm going to go against what I said with Justin earlier this week, but it, it feels like they have a lot of holes and that defense is just really bad. Josh should have carved this defense up. But uh, Gregory Rousseau had a sack, tipped interception, what an athletic play because he's so long. I am more in love with Gregory Rousseau every week. He's kind of been spotty. He's disappeared a little bit, but then he comes back up in big spots like this. Had a sack and an interception. Really good in run support. Of course, Micah Hyde had that interception return for a touchdown as well. Uh, Saran Neal caused the fumble early in the game. Couldn't do anything with that possession, and I really felt like that was going to haunt us. And uh, good thing that it didn't. But, uh, you know, Jerry Hughes... Didn't look like he was popping all that much. He, was, he wasn't he was around the quarterback, but he was able to push the pocket a little bit, but he ended up getting a half sack too. And the, the Chiefs had basically no rushing game. Patrick Mahomes, eight attempts, 61 yards. He was there off pretty much, not completely unlike ours. I think ours was just a tick better, but uh, they did lose Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He had some kind of injury. They carried him off, and he went to the locker room. He did not return. I hope he's okay. Um, that probably has something to do with it. You know, of course, he's their starting running back, a number, well, first-round pick. Uh, but bottling Tyree Kill up, seven catches, 63 yards, that is a win. That is a win. I will give that up every single week. He didn't beat us over the top that much. A lot of stuff he was catching, he was open, but they were letting him have it underneath and then making the tackle and the bend, but don't break defense. That's what we had in 2019. And we saw it in the first drive. Yes, the Chiefs went all the way down the field. They ended up getting just a field goal. But they had to move the ball in small little chunks. They, they were going eight, nine plays deep. They weren't getting the big plays last night. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But the biggest reason is because uh, we have an improved defense. And I don't want to say that I was in love with our pass rush. They came up big in a few spots, but generally speaking, I think Patrick Mahomes had time to throw. You know, they did come up big when we needed them, but it felt like a coverage game. We were giving up some stuff underneath. It was not like we were collapsing the pocket in every single play, but we did enough in some big key situations, and we actually stopped them on a fourth down play. But back to the offense for just a second. Spencer Brown starting for the second straight week at right tackle, Daryl Williams in at right guard. And curiously enough, we decided not to go with Botker over on the other side. We had John Feliciano back, who was back after concussions. You know, overall, you can't fault this offensive line again. The Chiefs' defensive line is not that great, especially without Chris Jones. But as a unit, they played pretty well. And right now, I am very annoying. I'm very annoying. Uh, I'm telling everybody in the house over and over again how much we won last night. Nearly twice the score, by the way. For those of us that are mathematically challenged, 38 to 20 is almost twice as good. Uh, 
So I am reminding everybody in the house how good the bills are. And I'm a bit annoying and I'm going to be that way for a while. I'm not quite sure where the next big test is going to come for us because I'm not sure how much I believe in the Tennessee Titans. I still think they're a good team. They're definitely good offensively. But I'm not sure that it's the same caliber of team that we just faced. This was a big game for us, and we passed the test with flying colors. I guess you could say the Saints are a good challenge. You know, we're not seeing them until... I believe it's Thanksgiving, week 12. So weeks 12, 13, and 14, we got the Saints, the Patriots. That shouldn't be as much of a problem for us. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, we know they were in last year's Super Bowl. But the rest of the schedule, really soft, really soft. The hardest game on our schedule is behind us, the Tennessee team. I thought it would still be an interesting game. I don't feel like that is still going to be as interesting as I did a few weeks ago. But... The hardest game on this schedule is behind us. I think we could we could do some real damage. I, I have to believe the Bills are in the driver's seat for the number one seed in the AFC. It's hard for me to find that many losses on this schedule. We'll probably drop one because it's or two. It's the NFL. Things like that are happen. But I, I think I said before the season, the floor for this team, if all the wheels fell off, was going to be something like a 10 and 7 season. And right now it looks like it's going to be a pretty comfortable 13 or 14 win season. And that should be good enough for the number one overall seed. I don't think I believe in anybody else in the AFC. I'm keeping my eye on the Chargers. I think they're a good team. Um, you know, the Browns are not, the Browns are still there. Yes, I don't know what they're going to be in contention for the number one seed, but if you match up with the Browns in the postseason, that's not a matchup that we need to overlook. That's still a tough game for us, um, but it's early. There's still a lot of football left to play. I might be thinking completely different about this AFC or maybe even the Bills in a, a month or so. But for right now, let's just all sit back, enjoy the win, because that was that's a big game. It's the biggest game I, you know, there'll be another big game soon, but it's the biggest game in recent memory for this team because we're still we're still trying to prove to everybody how great we are. And this was just one of the first steps. This was one of the first steps to, to proving to the NFL, the league, the nation that we're a legit Super Bowl contender. And we're just leaping over the competition. Like Josh Allen leaps over linebackers. We're just leaping over all the competition. And... That Pittsburgh game seems so long ago. And honestly, looking back at the game, I said that without the block punt, Pittsburgh probably doesn't win that game. That still holds true. We have not played our best football, and we picked a good time to get back on track. It looked like the offense, yes, it wasn't perfect. Yes, there are still some things you like to see. Josh Allen taking sacks and getting us out of field goal range. He has a tendency to do that. That's one of the things I always criticize him for. You know, Justin said, take the good with the bad. Yes, you're right. I don't mind him running around in the pocket and making throws, and he's going to throw an interception or two this season doing something like that. What I don't like to see is him not recognizing when the pressure's coming, hanging on the ball, and running backwards. He often is just hanging the ball out there with one arm and at the very last moment flips it up and tries to get – uh, the ball passed the line of scrimmage, but he wasn't even outside the tackles last night when he did that. So that was just 
one of the things that he needs to work on. That's all my criticism for Josh Allen, though. He was really amazing last night. Um, it's scary to think that I still think there's room to grow for this team. I do. I, I, yes, we have some holes. Not everything on this team is perfect. I'm still I'm feeling better about the offensive line right now, but I still don't think the offensive line is great. And, you know, on the flip side, I don't think you can name a Super Bowl team that hasn't had some questions. It's true. Uh, right now, you could look at the Tampa Bay defense and look at their their defensive backs, and you can call that a weakness. You could look at ours maybe and say we don't have a lot of depth, but we have Josh Allen, and that is more than half the battle. We wanted that quarterback for so long, and now we have it, and, it, and we just sit back and enjoy this win. This was a big win. We're going to have more big wins this season. We're going to have more big wins this postseason. I'm almost sure of it. I'm, I've never been more confident in my life about this Bills team. And I, even before the season, I thought if all the wheels fell off, we're still walking into the playoffs as an AFC East winner because the Dolphins, the Patriots, the Jets, they're all bad. And by the way, the Jets are really, really bad. We get to be the big boys on the block for a while. So we're pretty, we're pretty much guaranteed a spot in the playoffs and given the rest of the soft schedule that we have, it's looking a lot like we're going to get that first round by after all. So bills mafia. That is all I have. That's all my thoughts, my notes from the game last night. I want to make sure we get you over to real or silly with Justin Goddard. Also Nate from circling the wagons Two of my favorite people in the mafia on the same show. Um, really like talking to these guys. I enjoy talking to Justin every week and I, I don't talk to Nate enough, but I might be Nate's biggest fan. So without further ado, here's real or silly with Justin. Hello. I have a fun game for y'all today. It's called, is it real or is it silly? Silly adjective. Laughable or amusing through foolishness or a foolish appearance. Is that for real? Is it real? Silliness. Okay, is it real? Wow. Double F. Silliness is defined as engaging in a ludicrous folly. Bill's Mafia, it is that time of the week again where I bring you Justin goddard over from the wandering buffalo as i say all the time if you're not listening to the wandering buffalo on thursdays are you really even trying to be a bills fan justin say hello hello vince how are we doing tonight i am always doing better than i deserve or as jeremy likes to say i deserve less <laughs> i like that <laughs> what is going on with you this week justin uh, just another good week riding off another, uh, big victory, you know, a 40, 40 point outing. And I feel like that that was even still kind of a sloppy game and there was a lot of meat still on the bone and we went out and, you know, say what you will about the Houston Texans, but they're, that's still an NFL team going out there and competing. And even on night best day, we, we still went out and scored 40 and held them to nothing. So it's fun, fun enjoying that this week and fun to look forward to big game coming up. I felt this way after the Miami game. 
how far we have come as a Bills fan base where we we're not satisfied after the 35 nothing win against the Dolphins. We still want to complain about the offense not being on track and how it felt a little hollow. And I did feel that way too, but then how much would we love to have that win back in like 2014, you know, or anytime really within the, the last 20 years of the drought? Oh, for sure. I, I feel like this game, if the halves were like kind of flipped and, you know, we started out scoring the touchdowns and then in the second half, we kind of slowed down and, and settled for some field goals. I would have like zero complaints about anything that happened. Not that I really have complaints, you know, we went out and won 40 to nothing. Um, but I think we were had four trips in the red zone that we didn't come away with touchdowns. So, you know, obviously looking like some things to clean up, but I'll take a 40 point win a day of the week. Yes. And shoutouts are hard to do in the NFL. doesn't matter who it is. Shoutouts are hard to do. So they, they deserve some respect. Even if it's the Texans, it kind of knocks it down a little bit for me. It's not the same thing as shutting out Brady, but a shutout is a shutout. But on that note, by the time this will be airing on Monday, we will have faced our biggest test of the season, taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. It'll be a much different game. Question one. Justin Goddard. Do you think Dawson Knox keeps it rolling by getting another touchdown in this game? Uh, I'm going to say that that is a real thing that's going to happen. Real. I think, I think Knox has kind of found his footing in this offense. And I still think there's, a huge amount of space for him to go towards his ceiling. Um, but seeing, seeing what he's doing in this offense right now, you know, catching four or five balls for 50 yards and a touchdown, two touchdowns, whatever um, in a, in a very wide receiver schemed offense, just taking advantage of some of the mismatches that he gets and, and putting up those numbers, you know, if he can do something like that every week, he's going to end up having a great season. And I think he's starting to kind of show when we get in the tighter areas of the field that he can really be a weapon there. And, you know, we saw it a couple times last year where they do like a run pass option with a little tight end leak. And it's just, you know, a quick little shovel pass to Dawson Knox. I think we see something like that this week where he kind of just gets lost a little bit. Um, But I I do think he keeps the uh, streak rolling here and comes away with another touchdown. What was what was the game last year where it was like a designed Josh Allen run and he basically just flipped. it was the ugliest looking flip I've ever seen. And it was jo- Dawson Knox in the corner and I was giggling the whole time. I think it was a playoff game, but I don't remember now. Do you remember that game? I remember the exact player talking about, but I can't remember the opponent. I, I remember it just watching it. I was like, oh, this is like some botched quarterback run thing. And he did like that ugly weird jump pass but that was six points on the board and that that's the type of thing that that i'm kind of referencing here is like that that third option and like the rpo with a with a secondary pass option um that's something i could see happening this week yeah i think i'm gonna go ahead and agree with you now, I, I know that it's a tall order to have him get a touchdown in five consecutive games from the tight end position on a Bills team. 
my gosh, we've never really had a great tight end. The best one we've ever had was Pete Metzelars. And yeah, it was a different era, but it's not, I don't want to say Pete Metzelars was a dominant tight end. Dawson Knox has the athletic ability. Maybe he's not in the right scheme. He seems to have it together this far for all intents and purposes, 25% of the seasons behind us. And this game should be a shootout. I, I say that because the chiefs offense is still the chiefs offense. And yes, maybe it's possible you can bottle them up for a couple drives, maybe even half, but they're going to get their points even against our defense. And that means passing the ball. And that means having Dawson Knox in the field. I don't think we're going to go four wide receivers. It doesn't feel like we've done that a lot this year or as much as we did last year. Anyway, Dawson Knox has earned a piece of this offense and getting another touchdown doesn't seem to be that big of a stretch. If the game goes the way that I think it would. Yeah, I completely agree with your point on um, not using as much four wide. And I think that that's more of more of showing what Knox has done to earn his role into the offense. than it's saying anything about anybody else. I think, I think we did so much four and five wide last year because we weren't really getting contributions there. Uh, I think having the tight end in the game really kind of disguises a little bit more of if it's a run or a pass situation. I think it's a benefit to have a tight end on the field. So now that he's getting some more production in his playing time, I think we're going to see a lot more of that going forward that he's on the field with, you know, two, three other receivers. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I, that's, I want to be right. So I hope I'm right. I hope we are right. <laughs> hope we get that one right. That would be awesome to see. Okay. Question number two. Question two. Justin Goddard. The Chargers are going to win the AFC West. Is that real or silly? Uh, Chargers winning the West. I'm, I'm going to say that's silly. A bunch of silliness. And it's kind of the approach that I, I've been facing with the Bills playing the Chiefs. Uh, just they've been dominant for so long in that division, in the conference. And yeah, the Chargers are off to a hot start and, and they look good. And Herbert looks great. Um, really continuing what he did last year and even improving. But until... Until somebody shows me that they're knocking off the Chiefs, yes, they look vulnerable this year. They they get out to slow starts and try to flip the switch and whatnot. But I feel like by the year end, they just they have too much talent on that offense in particular. Uh, too much talent on that team. They're a very well coached team. I just I could see maybe maybe next year the char Chargers giving them a little bit more of a run for their money. But right now. It, it's the chiefs until they show me otherwise. So would it make a difference? Because remember when this is being recorded, the chiefs game has not yet been played because this comes out on Monday, but if the bills were to pull off the upset and beat the chiefs and give them their third loss through the fifth week of the season, that would not change your mind. Ah, uh, you're making me question myself. So I, I think that if they lost to the Bills, it would kind of be it would kind of be a loss that nobody would really be surprised by, right? I think 
they kind of got some other lumps in adversity out of the way. And I could see them losing to the bills and not losing another game for the rest of the season. You know, a team that talented, that's never really had their back against the wall like this. I, I guess it would kind of depend on how they responded that to that. Um, but I mean, that team's good enough to beat anybody on any given Sunday. And I could see them just kind of winning out the rest of the year if they dropped one to the Bills here, um, taking an early deficit in their own division, let alone the conference, and just really playing with their backs against the wall. Hmm. I think that I'm going to agree with you, but I, I don't think – I don't feel confident about it. I think there's especially if the Bills win, I there's a lot to like with that Chargers team. And I think that's a strong division. Maybe maybe I might like the uh, one of the other divisions a little bit more, but the Chiefs are a good team. They are going to win some games. They're going to get back on track. But the question is are they going to be in too big of a hole? Uh and if the Chargers just keep on winning behind Justin Herbert and you know, they've beat the Raiders. They've already beat the Chiefs once, so there's a tiebreaker there. Um, they're at least going to be a wild card team, but I'm going to agree with you because I think it's I mean, it's hard for me to say no right now, even with the Chiefs, because we've seen it with the Patriots, right? How many times in our Bills' lives have we said, finally, the Patriots are dead because they have a slow start, and then where are they at, at the end of the year? They're winning a Super Bowl. So I kind of have to put that same logic towards the Chiefs, so I'm going to agree with you there. Okay. I could, I could, I could see it ending up going a different way, but like I said, I'm, I'm gonna need a couple more game sample size before I'm, I'm throwing any dirt on the Chiefs. Okay. Question number three. Question three. I asked this question to a Rich last week, but before the year started. I was thinking that my mind had changed. I thought the Dolphins were going to be a wild card contender. And now I thought the Patriots would be a wild card contender. I thought the two of them would be fighting it out for second best in the AFC East. This far into the season, it does not look like either one of those two teams are doing very well. Justin Goddard, there's going to be a wild card team from the AFC East. Is that real or silly? Uh, so... I'm going to, I just changed my mind on this one last minute because I was thinking back to this uh, Sunday night game and the Patriots didn't look electrifying at all. I think the Buccaneers had a really bad game, but they still went in. They still went toe to toe with the Buccaneers. Um, before the season started, I, I had Miami as my pick to be a wild card team and it was largely based off of Tua taking a step and liking Flores as a coach. I, I've kind of since started on Flores. I don't, I think he gets a little bit more credit than he deserves. Um, but I am still going to say real. Real. And I think it ends up being the Patriots. I think that Mac Jones is, I was very low on him and he's not, you know, really blowing me away, but he's doing enough to, to be able to win games um, that that Buccaneers game, they were, they were going shot for shot with the bucks. Granted it was a lot of field goals, 
but that was also with no running game from the Patriots. Um, so, I mean, with Belichick at the helm, pretty good defense. If he can get even like minor contributions from the running games and, and lean on those two stud tight ends, I think they could do enough to, to get into the wild card spot. I'm going to disagree with you here, Justin. I, I've changed my mind in this early in the season. I, I think I've seen everything I need to see. I was of the opinion that I didn't need to see a lot from Mac Jones because we didn't see anything from cam last year and they were still 500 team for all intents and purposes. They were not that far off. And I thought if they got anything better than what they got from cam, that should make the difference. And I have to give them credit. They did play a good game against Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay is going to be one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl again this year. And they played them in a very tough game. So respect where it is due, but they have a a long, hard road ahead of them. And they're playing the same division as we are that NFC South division. So that means they got to go through Carolina. That means they have to go through, uh, who am I forgetting? Oh, they have to. Boy. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on the other. Oh, the Saints. Um, they have the Bills are better equipped to do that, obviously. And I still think they're going to end up somewhere around that middling seven and ten, eight and nine type of record. But they're not going to be contending for a wild card because I just don't think they have the horses to do it. So part of my logic for for this question is kind of looking at the layout of the AFC right now. And I think through the first four weeks, there was, there was a lot of like surprises to start the season. Like uh, a team like Denver starting out, what, 3-0. and um, Just some of the other teams snagging a couple of victories. The Texans snagging a couple, or snagging the one that they won. Um, so I think by the time we get to the end of the season... You know, we've had some years past where the wild card last year, the Dolphins win 10 games and, and they don't make a playoff spot. Um, I think this year, just the way the season started, it's not going to take 10, 11 games to to make a wild card. And if that was the case, I would say, no, there wasn't a second playoff team from the AFC East. Um, but the way it's kind of shaking out thus far for me, I think that I think the wild card team in the AFC might be a team with eight, nine wins. And just the as you touched on the the marginal improvement from Mac Jones over Cam, I think that wins them I think that wins them two, three more games this year. Um so I don't think they make it as like a high end wild card team. I think they just kind of squeak in as, as a lower end. Okay. Yeah, um, and the Dolphins too. Yeah, I, I agree with all your points on Brian Flores. He got a lot of credit last year. He mismanaged that team out of the playoffs, and it, it's I, it's hard for me to say that his moves have are going to be the reason that Tua is looking like a bust at this point. But I certainly don't think it helps either. And you know, they, they want to point to all the better weapons that they have this year. Will Fuller, I've always been a, a huge Will Fuller fan. Uh, Jalen Waddle, you know, they still have Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki, but it's just not working. It's just not working. The defense that they had last year doesn't seem to be on track this year. Of course, they can probably still get it together, but 
to your point, maybe the way the season started and there's a lot of faltering out of the gate, us included, you know, losing that game to Pittsburgh. Maybe you're right, but I'm still going to stand pat. I'm still going to say no. Yeah, and I, I think I think the overwhelming thing with Miami, because I was pretty high on them going into the season, is, is when I look at it now, going back to last year, that team had a lot of success with turnovers and optimi- uh, opportunistic football, um, scoring on short fields and stuff. So it kind of now looking at it feels like that wasn't a real time win team. Plus you sprinkle in, you know, Fitzpatrick coming in, playing some games and whatnot. I can't, I, I felt like they were starting to turn the corner and they were about to be a contender for a while. If, if Tua looked like he was any sort of starting quarterback in the NFL. And now I'm kind of looking at it like with all those pieces in place on the offense and Tua not really getting it done thus far. I think they're closer to, losing a bunch of games and drafting another quarterback. And with that usually comes a coaching change and, and then just the whole cycle starting all over again. So like last year they were looking like they were really close to being a problem for us for a long time. And, and now I feel like they're just kind of doing a complete 180 just right in the other direction. To your lips to God's ears, Justin. Let's make it so. I want them to start the process again. Let's have them draft another Tua. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I think A. Rich's point was that the Dolphins have had five picks in the last two years and their roster is still full of holes. They've not, I mean, they. I don't think Dolphins fans are very high in Austin Jackson. You know, Their offensive line is worse than ours and I don't love ours. Maybe right now I might feel differently about it with the shakeup that we had this past week, but I don't know if you get if you quarterback play and Brissett, I think Brissett is better. Now the stats maybe don't back that up at this point, but I still still think that Brissett is better than Tua. And maybe you stick with Brissett, you have a chance. But I don't know. I like I'd like to see that cycle start all over again. To your point. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Change out GM, change out coach. You got players that want to skip town and all that. Yeah, set them back another five years for me. I'm good with that. That's right. We can keep beating up like the seventies, like the bills did not beat the dolphins during the entire seven decade of the seventies. We could maybe start our own 10 year run. Cause it's all, I mean, we're in year three, but now we technically lost that Charles clay drop, but we can start our own run right now. Yeah. I don't, I don't count that Charles clay one as a drop. I don't care what this, what the final record said, or I don't count that as a loss rather. That it's a, a moral victory. <laughs> yeah, that was a game-winning touchdown pass. All right, Justin, do you have anything else for me? I got I got one for you. It's just more of like a, a fun hypothetical. Um, so being that, you know, the Bills just got their second shutout in, in three weeks, I was kind of thinking about it after the game of, if you were in the position of David Cully and you see how the game went and you got shut out, I'm saying if this was you as the head coach, do you have any regrets about going for it on that fourth down and and failing and not taking the three points, you know, just to save the shutout or, or do you stand by your deci- decision to try to put some points on the board early in the game? No, that was the right decision because he, he had no idea that, 
the game was going to go the way it did. And the rain helped the shutout. Well, I mean, yes, the Bills defense was good, but I mean, there's other factors that helped us get that shutout. One being Davis Mills, two being the rain. And he knew that he had to put points on the board. Selling for field goals in that spot. I don't know that that's the way you're going to beat the Bills. That's not the way that we're going to beat the Chiefs. You see what I mean? Like, I I, I think if he had to do it all over again, he would do the same thing. He'd maybe call a different play, but I think he'd go for it. I, I feel the same way. I, I was having a conversation with, with somebody saying like, oh man, I, I bet you he wishes he had that field goal. So at least he didn't get shut out. Uh, and to my, my point was, you know, what, does it really make a difference to you if you lost by 37 or if you lost by 40 because you got a few points on the board? I just just wanted to throw it out there and get somebody else's opinion on it. I cannot feel bad for David Coley signing up to take that head coaching job because I think anybody that pays attention to the NFL knew what the Texans were going to be. Maybe we didn't know. I don't remember if we knew at the time or not what was happening with Watson, but you knew the team was a mess anyway. You knew you didn't have any first round. You had very little draft capital. Um, you knew already that Deshaun Watson at least wanted out. I don't think we knew about the legal stuff. So when you sign on to take that job, I always felt like you're taking that job to grab a little head coaching experience. You know, it's an uphill battle and you're just trying to make a name for yourself. Like I don't, in, in his heart of harps, he knew that he was not going to succeed when he took this job. He knows he's going to get fired after a year or two as soon as he starts trying to turn it around or as soon as maybe he sees a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, he was going to get cut for a more established coach. I believe that's what happened. No, for sure. And they have like the old adage like, oh, there's only, you know, 32 head coaching jobs in the NFL. You got to take your chance when it's presented. Like, nope, if I was any sort of coordinator and they were like, there's there's one opening that wants to hire you right now. It's the Houston Texans. I'd be like, mm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue being a coordinator for another year or two. We'll see what takes out. Yeah. That's why the Brian Dable thing last year, like, Oh, he's not, well, he's had one good year of coaching an offense and that because he had a great quarterback. He he's been a run first coordinator. Most of his, his life as his life as in, in an offense and I just felt like even if they offered me that job, I'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to hang out here with Josh Allen. And then next year I'm going to have my pick. I'm going to be the coach that everybody wants. If I have another like this, I'm not settling for the Houston Texans. We agree there. If we were a uh, head coach in the NFL, we would be doing the same things. I would not be punting on the 33 yard line on, on fourth and two or whatever it was Marone did. Yeah, I wouldn't do much of anything of what Marone did. <laughs> that's in fact, that's my whole coaching philosophy is I'd have a little card and I would say, what would Doug Marone do? Oh, I'm going to do the opposite of that. That's And then I'd be successful. Yeah, perfect. You'd be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> All right. Justin Goddard, we say it every week, but I like for you to get your socials out there and pump the wandering buffalo. Yeah, so you can find us. We're on the built-in buffalo network. Our episodes drop on Thursday with myself and my co-host, Andrew. Uh, you can find us on social medias. Just search the Wandering Buffalo podcast. Uh, you can find me. I'm at jguys22, and my co-host, Andrew, is at 2 Changs. All right. Thank you so much, Justin. I enjoy our segment every week.
We will talk to you next week. Go Bills. Go Bills. Everybody, can I have your attention, please? Excuse me. Everybody, I have an announcement. Hey, shut up! Thank you. I just want to let you all know that Built in Buffalo has new Buffalo Bills content every single day of the week. Yes, seven days a week. Does anybody have any questions? You, in the back. No, I'm sorry. I don't work here. You'll have to ask the waitress. Anybody else? Questions about built-in Buffalo? Seven days a week Buffalo Bills content. Hey, pay your bill and get the hell out of here. And pick up your pants. I see a crack. All right, I'm leaving. Built-in Buffalo, seven days a week Buffalo Bills content. Bye. Vince Taylor and Buffalo on the Brain proudly bring to you the Mafia Hot Seat, a built-in Buffalo production. When it's too tough for them, it's just right for us. Be ready. It might be chilly. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Ladies and gentlemen of Bill's Mafia, it is my pleasure to bring to you one of my favorite podcasters. Doing a spot in the Mafia hot seat this week is Nate from Circling the Wagons, one of the nicest guys in the Mafia. Nate, how you doing? Good, good, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on again, Vince. This is this is one of my favorite podcasts to ever come on. So uh, I'm glad that uh, I'm one of your favorite guests because or else it would be just like a weird one-sided relationship either way you know well that's very high praise but i think you need new standards but <laughs> i appreciate <laughs> I the kind of- i think i need to be on more podcasts i think is what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> no so I appreciate you, that for sure yeah you are uh as i said nate is one of the first podcasts that i discovered when podcasting when i discovered bill's podcasting was a thing so i've been a fan of his for a few seasons now, but uh, I I just enjoy your candor and your <laughs> I enjoy your giggle. <laughs> when sometimes when you crack yourself up, it makes me laugh too. Well, you know what's funny is uh, first of all, I appreciate that. Like uh, I always only a few people like yourself and a couple of others like uh, Andrew from um, from the uh, Wandering Buffalo in the Built-in uh, Buffalo Podcast Network. He mentioned that like I was one of his first podcasts, and it kind of like inspired him to do one. Um, and then like you mentioned it, like, you know, how you found us. And, uh, I always like, I'm, I'm super appreciative of that because I, you know, it's, it's amazing to think that this small thing that we started, like anyone at all would first listen to it. And then second of all, take anything from it. So appreciate that. But then secondly, I'm like, oh, well, you guys must've just been like, man, if this, if this bozo can do it, <laughs> like, how easy must it be to do a podcast? And then you found out it's really not that hard. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. I would not. I, the second half of that, I categorically disagree with. Uh, I, I like podcasters for different reasons. And of course, not all of us are Bruce or Joe Marino, but when I like, when I find a podcast, like 
80% of why I listen is the personality and the person that's given me the information. And if I like that person, then I want to listen. I, I think that's a good standard. You know, you mentioned something real quick. You mentioned the giggle that I have, um, my weird laugh. Um, there was one review that we have on our podcast. It was like a one-star review. And the guy was like, how come this host doesn't stop laughing at his own jokes? <laughs> and I thought that was funny. I'm like, well, listen, when you're as funny as me, man, you just got to keep laughing. That's all I can say about it. <laughs> Like I can't change my laugh. I can't change uh, what I think is funny or not, but yeah, no, no, it's no, yeah, you're right. There, there are so few, you know, Joe Marino's and Bruce, uh, that Bruce is out there that, that could literally be radio hosts on their own without their daytime job. But yeah, man, I'm the same way as you. Like, I like listening to you, like when you have other, on other guests and some of those other guests are really cool too. Um, but yeah, it's for me, it's all about personality. I know you mentioned something on Twitter this week about, you know, content creators and you kind of, you know, you kind of gave a little bit of a guideline from like something that you had heard and you're just like, you know, more, more, more people should do this. And I, I was thinking about that more and there's definitely some things that, you know, and we can talk about it maybe after the mafia hot seat, but things that if, if you are ever looking to be a content creator, I think there's a couple of guidelines or a few rules that I think will, would help make anyone successful in any, in any, you know, uh, realm of, this type of, whether it's content creation for the Buffalo Bills or whatever, you know, it's just kind of, kind of cool. And, and, and I'm sure, you know, I mean, as much fun as it is to record and talk about the Buffalo Bills, our favorite team ever. I mean, there's a grind, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. And uh, as someone that likes to add in sound bites and sound effects into my podcast, I mean, the amount of work that you do, Brute or uh, Vince is like, it's a whole other, other level. So I, I appreciate what, what you do, especially the grind that you put in. <laughs> well, that makes me feel very accomplished. So thank you very much. It means a lot coming from you. Uh, I'll tell you a secret though. A lot of it's pre-recorded, and I just, <laughs> I just, I, I can mix it in and just use it when I need it. But yeah. All right, we can go ahead and get started. You know the drill. I have ten questions in front of me. You're the first one to go this week. I have one other person scheduled, so that means all ten questions are available to you, Nate. Which one would you like? I think I'm going to go, let me see. I went number one once and then I tried to go that way the second time. And that was busy. Let me do number 10. 10 was my, was my number growing up. That was my sports number that I always tried to wear in my Jersey. So let's do number 10. Okay. It's very early, but I feel like a lot of times it is a week to week league. For example, right now, if we're very high on this team right now, we haven't really beat anybody, but beating the Chiefs would certainly change our whole perspective on the season. If we lose to the Chiefs, it could also change our perspective on the season. But as early as it is, Nate, do you have a Super Bowl prediction about which team is the better team in each conference? Man, it is early. You know, you mentioned uh, the Bills and who have they played. I mean, if you really sit back and think about it, um, it's great that they're doing so well. It's great that they're three and one. It's great that they're posting, you know, two shutouts in three games. Um, but I mean, who have they played? I mean, they played three backup quarterbacks, one third string quarterback and, you know, a washed up Ben Roethlisberger. So um, this weekend against the chiefs, I think is going to say a lot and the chiefs are struggling too. So, uh, you know, if the bills end up, looking good against the chiefs, then all of a sudden, you know, your mindset changes and how you view this team um, and how they lose to the chiefs because they weren't even close 
in either of the two games during the regular season last year or in the AFC Championship. I mean, they weren't close to even being competitive, in my opinion, um, in either one of those games. So, uh, truth be told, I don't follow a ton of the rest of the NFL. I watch, you know, some of the games that are on, but, you know, I got young kids. So, like, if it's between, you know, I, my one to four slot, for the Buffalo bills is the time I watch football. And, you know, I, I pay attention based on fantasy football and stuff like that. But I mean, there's, there's some teams that are interesting. Um, I wouldn't say I follow them closely. Like the Raiders were interesting up until last week. And as you can see, you know, the chargers took care of that. The chargers did beat the chiefs a couple of weeks beforehand. Um, you know, I don't know what to think about the AFC North. The Steelers beat us, but now they're one and three. You know, are the Bengals up and coming? You know, the Ravens are still good. They lost the Raiders. Um, you know, it's really hard to say, but it's kind of, I, I don't really have any Super Bowl predictions as far as who's going to be there. But I'll tell you what, like the Bills, if they if they do win this week, I mean, even if they don't, you're still they're still top five, top six in the AFC. I would think, but um, a win this week, and I think they vault all the way to, you know, number one. I, I saw in a power ranking today that the Cardinals were ranked uh, were ranked number one on a power ranking, and that seems really high too. But I haven't watched a whole lot of the Cardinals with Kyler Murray. Um, I think that if the Bills play them, you know, they beat them seven, eight times out of ten, uh, as opposed to last year when they, you know, won on that hail the hail Mary or whatever. Um, but no, I don't. I don't really have any big Super Bowl predictions. I'm just thinking though, um, as a Bills fan, I mean, this is, this is definitely, uh, a time when you're thinking before Josh Allen's contract really starts hitting in or, or cutting into the salary cap. I mean, this is, this might be a window that's, that's very short, uh, for a little while, just due to the salary cap. Um, and I've said this either before on your podcast, or maybe it was the wandering Buffalo, uh, you know, Sure, it doesn't fully kick in next year. I think it's like twenty-one million, and then the year after that, it's like thirty-eight or forty million. Um, but still, he's making nine million this year, so he goes from nine to twenty-one. The difference there is twelve million. Well, that's like two free agents that you just don't have anymore. Like mm -hmm. the, you, you lose like either a Daryl Williams or um, I'm trying to think of another Tyler Matikavich or something. You know, you you lose those players. So um, I think the window is shorter than we think. But then again. You know, if, if Josh Allen's play steps up, um, it, that can overcome a lot of a lot of holes on the offense and the defense. Yeah, the salary cap's tight again next year, so we're not completely recovered. So your point is valid. This is a window. But regardless of where you think the Bills are in the AFC, I don't think you could say that they're further than right now the second seed. And who's the first seed? To me, I still think the Chiefs are that, even if they're – not hitting their stride right now. We've said that a lot about the Patriots. They have a tendency to start games pretty slow and then, you know, spot you a 14 point lead and then come back and blow you out, blow the doors off your team. So I think the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. So it doesn't really matter because we're going to play this week to figure out who number one in the AFC is, at least to me. I don't believe in the Raiders. I like the Raiders more than most, but I don't think they're the best team in the AFC. The Ravens can probably beat anybody any week. They're pretty scary. You know, you you mentioned uh, Cincinnati's kind of doing all the right things. The Chargers are looking awfully good. Those are all teams we keep our eyes on. But in the AFC, it's got to be either the Bills or Chiefs. I, I don't think I'm wrong there. 
No, I think I think you're right. I think it's the Bills and the Chiefs, and then there's a lot of like other wild cards out there that, like you said, could win any any week possible. I mean, the Browns I would add up there too, just because they were this close to beating the Chiefs um, in the AFC divisional game. So uh, I think I think that there's a couple of teams out there that are scary that could easily creep in. I would say the Ravens, the Browns. Uh, and the Chargers, like you said, I don't really necessarily believe in the Raiders. It's kind of it's kind of cool to watch them do well, um, because you know I, I like John Gruden, and you know it's interesting to see what he's done there, especially as far as like getting back into coaching. And this is, I believe, his third season there. So, uh, you know that's that's kind of a cool storyline. But yeah, I, I think it. I think you're right. I think it's between the Bills and the Chiefs. The Chiefs, you know, slow start. But at the same time, I mean, remember the Patriots always had a slow start with Brady. They'd go like two and two or one mm-hmm. and three or something. Everyone yep. each year, everyone would just bury them and say, you know, the Patriots are dead. They're they're washed up. They because they'd be hoping after like 14 years or whatever that they'd finally be. And then they'd go on like a 10 and one run and they just, you know, it's just so I, I could see the Chiefs doing that as well. You know, what are they right now? One and three or two and two, two and two, right? Two and two. Uh, so they could easily, you know, end up going on like a seven and zero run or something. You know, that wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past. And even if they're not large margins of victory, they're still winning. You know, even if they lose this week, and when this airs, we'll know the results of the game. But uh, if even if they lose, they'll be two and three. But I can't write them off. Like to your to your point, they could easily be nine and three blinking. You know, they just they're the Chiefs. They can do that, and that offense can carry a lot. Uh, over in the NFC, I like Kyler Murray a lot more than most people. I, I was on his train last year before the Hale Murray. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I wasn't a big believer in all the team around him, but right now it seems to be working out for them. Aaron Rodgers, that team's down a little bit right now, I'd say. But I don't know. The Saints, I don't know. I, I don't have a good read on anybody in the NFC. So right now I think the NFC is kind of like a big wild card. A lot of people like the Rams. Um, they're playing the Seahawks right now, but I don't know. I, I guess if I had to pick one gun to my head, I I'm going to go with the Rams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see how the NFC West plays out. That's always a fun division to watch um, between, uh, between you never know who's going to win. Like the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Rams, I'd say, you know, that's one of the most, competitive divisions in the NFL, I'd say out of maybe any division. I mean, you have like the NFC East, which is just like the redheaded stepchild of like the NFL. Like, you know, there, there's like always some team battling for first place with like eight and eight or nine and seven, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the NFC West, I mean, I, I have a friend who's like a diehard 49ers fan and he's just like, really? He's like, we have to play the Cardinals, the Rams, and the Seahawks like twice each year. He's like, that's like, that's like a playoff game. Yeah. Literally, you know, whereas even, even in the best uh, of times of the, of the Patriots, I mean, who are the Patriots ever going up against in the AFC East? Like the bills were never that good. Like maybe a, a hot, like jets team or, or Miami dolphins team every four years. Like there's, they basically own that division for, for, I mean, for almost 20 years, you know? So it's, it's, there's, there's not a lot. And then, you know, the eight NFC North I'm looking at, you know, it's basically Aaron Rodgers, And then just like, again, like if there's a hot team, maybe the bears one year, maybe the Vikings one year, you know, lions, probably not. They're Owen four. Jeez. You know? So, um, yeah, this is an exciting. I'm, I'm interested in see how the bucks are doing because the bucks are just barely winning games. 
Um, but you know what? They they just barely beat the Washington football team last season um, in the playoffs, and then they just barely beat the the Saints, and then they steamrolled the Packers. You know, like this is <laughs> again a team that can beat anyone in any in any given day. Um, it's interesting. I, I, I'm really in. I mean, to see where the league's going to be in like another four or five weeks to where it is now. I mean, that's that's going to be super interesting. Oh yeah. Cause you know, everything that we're saying right now, as I said earlier, it's week to week <laughs> next week, we might feel completely a bit different about the bills. If we get beat like 32 to 10. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Titans are two and two leading the AFC South. They just lost to the jets. Um, so that team obviously looks beatable. Of course they were without AJ Brown, their top two wide receivers, AJ Brown and, um, Julio Jones. But I mean, that division is wide open and, uh, I didn't realize the Bengals were also three and one along with the Ravens and Browns. So, I mean, that's, there's some interesting players, but I mean, the bills stand way above the rest of the, uh, the division right now at three and one, everyone else is one and three. So, um, you know, the bills have a really good point differential. Uh, this is, this is the bills floor is winning their division. And then, you know, their ceiling is, you know, the number one overall seed, which, you know, what stinks about last season was that they were the second seed in the AFC. And it was like the first time in what, 30 years that the second seed didn't get a buy like it normally does. Yes. <laughs> yes. They, and they played an 11 and six, 11 and five Colts team with the, I mean, geez, you know, like you couldn't ask for like a, a better wild card team to play against. It wasn't like some like nine and 17 that just barely, limped in. I mean, this was a good team. So, um, and the bills still did well. I don't think enough of that really gets discussed when you talk about the bills playoff run last season. I mean, they played some juggernauts, um, towards the end and, uh, and they, and they beat a couple of them. So I wouldn't say the Colts were a juggernaut, but I mean, they beat, they did beat the Colts. They did beat the Ravens. Um, you know, and they were just one game away. So yeah, crazy. Yeah. If, it feels good because right now looking at the AFC East, you mentioned the Patriots owning the division for pretty much 20 years. I think that's us, at least for right now. I mean, I don't want to say that too loud and spook everything and jinx everything, but I don't think we have to worry about the Dolphins or the Patriots or the, the Jets are clearly not a threat to anybody right now. But I think there's a pretty good chance we end up sweeping the division again this year. We'll probably lose one because that's the NFL. That's the way it goes. But yeah. There's a good chance of it. How happy are you, by the way, we're talking about the Chargers and Justin Herbert, that the Dolphins passed on Justin Herbert to pick up Tua. I mean, that's like, you talk about things going the Bills way. I mean, that that's huge. I mean, it would have been tough to play Justin Herbert twice a year for the next, you know, 10, 15 years. Uh, but now it's like neither of these teams that we know of have their franchise quarterback. That is the best spot to be in when you have yours. Yeah, exactly like the Patriots. I mean, they were beaten up on like guys like Chad Pennington and you know, I'm trying to remember some of the other really bad Jets quarterbacks. And then who did the I mean, Miami's had a string of nobodies in there for a while. I guess they gave Tannehill that extension. He was okay, but yeah, right. he wasn't something you had to worry about. But now it's us and it feels so good. Yeah. Now uh, we're now we're yeah, we're we're in that uh, position of the Patriots. And, you know, it's like the bills have good coaching as well. Something that the Patriots had, um, throughout their time frame is, you know, and I think that, you know, that combination is good. Now, would I like to see Josh Allen kind of take another step or at least get back to his form in 2020? Sure. 
um, you know, it's kind of a slow start. So um, I don't think last week against the Texans was a, was a bad game by any means. You know, I think uh, we, we just started this new, uh, this new segment on the podcast where we give uh, Josh Allen a fire emoji rating, right? So it's out of five fire emojis. And, uh, and I gave him a three and a half last week. I think he did exactly what he needed to do. He was above average. He didn't, you know, win them the game right out. He didn't throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns, but you know, minus that pick. I mean, at the very beginning, he looked pretty solid. Well, it was a 40 point win. I, I mean, I don't expect Josh to have 400 yards and four touchdowns in a game like that. You know, if it was 40 to 32, maybe, maybe I'd like to see that, but I, we, I think we all know that it's there. If he needs to pull on it and it comes to time, it may be this weekend against the chiefs. Mm-hmm. If he needs to kind of channel some of that, we know it's there. We know he can do it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm hoping that he doesn't have a good track record against the chiefs at least so far. So I'm hoping that this is uh, this is the game where everyone gets to see it. Um, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm less worried about the bright lights being an issue for Josh uh, than I was, you know, last season or the season beforehand. So I'm hoping that's not an issue and, and hoping for a good game and, for some reason, the Bills have to lose. I'm just hoping that it's a lot closer than it was the previous uh, two games last season. And, uh, you know, it's a fun game, and, and the Bills, you know, put up a really good fight. But I'm really hoping they win this one. Okay, so this is going to air on Monday, maybe a little bit later. I'll probably – I'm going to pull a Nate this week, and maybe mine will be late this week <laughs> because the game is so late that I won't be able to get it done. But hey, uh, hey, I'm recording the night of right after that game. So I don't want to hear any excuses. My power was out this last week. So I literally didn't have any power for my equipment. Uh, So the plan, the plan was to do it this week in my podcast studio, my home office, my man cave is all the same place. It's five steps over to the television. But right now my cable provider is in a fight with NBC. Oh no. So that means I have to go down to B-dubs down the street (laughs) to watch the game and uh, yeah, I, I'm really upset by that. So my podcast will be late this week. I'm I'm not trying to edit a podcast at one in the morning. No, no, eh, that is the worst. That is the absolute worst, especially after a loss. It's okay after a win because you're like, well, you know, I'm I'm editing, I'm doing all the background stuff, I'm uploading, the, I'm putting in the show notes, all that stuff. It's like, well, at least they won. When they lose, man, it is so demoralizing. It's like, what am I even doing this for? Why? Why am I? You know, you know, people don't, you know, enjoy it as much when they just lost. They're like, ugh, I don't want to be reminded about how much the Bills stink. So I'm going to bed. Screw I'm this. <laughs> yeah. So. so- Give me your prediction, Nate. Tell me who. Tell me what you see happening this weekend. Um, man, I. It, it's one of those things where. I I can't believe it until I see it, and I mentioned the the teams that the Bills have beaten so far this season. Um, you know we know the Bills are a good team. I just want to see them beat the Chiefs, and they just haven't had an answer for their offense yet, whether it was during the regular season last year where they lost, where the Chiefs ran all over them and they didn't need to throw the ball and they still beat them handily, or the AFC Championship where they threw the ball all over them and the Bills had no answer for them. They don't have Matt Milano this weekend, um, and that's huge. That is a huge loss for them, um, for their nickel and their base defenses. Uh, I want to say that the Bills, I would love to be 
the guy now, now if I, <laughs> maybe I'll just be the guy like, Oh, the bills are going to win 40 to nothing, you know, again. And, and uh, I'd like to be that guy, but realistically as a bills fan also, I'm just, I don't know if they win this game. I feel like the chiefs just save up some extra juice and energy for the Buffalo bills and they play them. And I think they do it. It's in Arrowhead. Arrowhead is a very tough time to play, very tough place to play. I think the the Chiefs play better on uh, a national stage. And uh, if if there is a way that Josh is going to play, he usually doesn't play as well on a national stage. And I know this game is already passed. People are already saying I'm right or wrong. But I don't I don't think the Bills win this one. But I think that they lose a closer game than they have in the past. And uh, you think okay. You know, I think they're I think they're ready to take the next step. What I'd really like to see is the Bills pass rush really get a hold of Patrick Mahomes and create a lot of pressure for him. And the freaking Bills offensive line to to plug a hole and not have Josh get scrambled up the middle all or uh get driven up the middle into the pocket all game long like he has been the last couple of times to so give him some freaking time for God's sake. Don't let uh Chris Jones or whoever the defensive tackle is on the other side just you know, run through a completely unblocked all the time. So um, I, th I think the Bills lose. I think they lose like 30-21 or something like that, or 34-23. Um, but I think you feel a little bit better about this loss than you do previous losses. And I don't think it, it completely changes your, your outlook on the entire season. Okay. that That is where my mind is. My heart is got me going in another direction now chris jones hasn't practiced today is thursday when we're recording this he has not practiced on wednesday and he had to not practice today i think that's a big loss for them if he's not there to cause some trouble in the interior uh well wherever they line him up anyway well that's huge i did not know that about chris jones that's absolute that that's that that's a game-changing uh inactive if that's what happens in my opinion yeah. What, what you're saying is I think I'm going against like my whole thing is I try to be more logical and I try to, you know, be more balanced. But right now I think I'm, my heart has just got me for some reason and illogically I have just such confidence for this game. And I don't know why, because everything you said, Arrowhead's a tough place to play. I've been there. Um, still Patrick Mahomes. They're still the chiefs. And I go back to the off season. I'm not sure we did enough to close the gap with them. Honestly, as much as we like Groot, you know, he's a rookie and he's disappeared right now. This would be a great game for him to reappear. Um, I don't know. We're still pretty much in essence, the same team as last year, but I still just feel so confident that I I'm picking a win, but I, maybe I shouldn't. Dude, do what you feel like, man. If you, if you're, if you're picking win, um, you know, I, I can, I can see that happening. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm one of those people that's, and maybe I'm just like less risk averse in general, but I mean, until you prove to me that you can do it, I don't know if you can. It's just like, maybe cause I'm thinking of the Patriots and all those years about not beating them or being them like twice in 20 games or once in 20, whatever it was, you know, they never could seem to get over that hump. I know this is a different team. Uh, and you know, the bills were hot under Josh Allen until they played the, the Titans and the chiefs. Um, I, I'm just like a prove it, prove it to me before I can definitely sink my teeth into it and feel more confident. Um, if they had played better teams and, and won 40 to nothing like that, I, I'd feel much better. But, um, the logical side of me is saying, you know, you know, you want the bills to win, you hope they're going to win, but 
you know, in order to in order to be the best, you got to beat the best, and they just haven't yet. So hopefully, this is the one. No, you're right. I mean, that's that's where I was a week ago. But as we get closer to the game, I'm maybe I'm drunk. I don't even drink. I don't even drink, but I'm drunk on or I'm high on. I don't know something. I guess excitement maybe. But all right, Nate from Circling the Wagons, one of my favorite podcasts out there. One of the first people I started listening to when I realized po- Bill's podcasting was a thing, and also just one of the nicest people in the mafia. Nate, I always appreciate getting time with you. It's uh, it, you are one of my favorite guests, and I mean that sincerely. So thank you so much. Absolutely. You know, thank you for saying that. Um, it's always a pleasure. I got to have you on mine, Vince. I know I, I want to, um, you're at the top of my list of other content creators. I really enjoy what you guys are doing over here. Um, you know, with your podcast with, uh, with the wandering Buffalo, those guys I've talked to before, you know, we turned a, like a half hour conversation into like an hour, 45 minutes and, uh, it just flew by. So the same with this one, man, uh, I definitely appreciate you having me on and and it's always fun to pick brains with other uh other members of the mafia and kind of like just get some thoughts out without without getting too deep into the x's and o's and like well i think they should run a little man over you know free safety up or single side safety or whatever it's like yeah let's let's just talk about our team like we're buddies together and uh and enjoy this team actually being good so appreciate you having me on that's why you're one of my favorites, man. Thank you so much. Nate, before you go, tell us where everybody can find you. They already know, but tell them anyway. Well, just in case they don't, um, I'm. we're on Twitter, um, at CTWpod, like Circling the Wagons Pod. We're, we're like that on all social media, Instagram, um, Facebook. Uh, and you can find the podcast, which is on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. So if you search Buffalo Rumblings, uh, you'll get our recaps every late Sunday night, uh, early Monday morning, uh, minus when I don't lose power, of course. Um, I got to be honest, I was at that game. That was that is especially when you're driving from Rochester to Buffalo and back. I mean, that's a 12 hour day, and I'm not a young uh, young uh, rooster anymore. So let's just say that that was a long day. And when I came back and the power was off and I'm like, you know, what? I'm okay with this. <laughs> I'm okay. Not recording tonight <laughs> and getting some sleep because, you know, after a few cocktails, I do drink Vince. I don't drink that often, but when I do drink, like, and I have a DD the entire time, like it's, it's a good time, man. I'm not going to lie. So, uh, it was fun, uh, you know, going out. And then we went out after to, for like some food after in the Buffalo area. It, it was just, it was a long day. It was a fun day. It was a great time. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, we normally are late Sunday nights or early Monday mornings. You can catch us and yeah, it's just, it's just fun time. It's just a fun conversation. Like we had today about, you know, your favorite team. We have segments and stuff like that, like you do. And, and yeah, it's just a good time again. You know what? Uh, when you, when you message me and we, I feel like we have such a good relationship, even though we haven't met, like, you know, it's like, yeah, if I can make, if I can make time for, for Vince or, or whatever, I will. And like I said, I, I absolutely have to have you on, uh, have you have to have you on our pod uh, in the off season just to talk. It'd be my pleasure. It'd be my pleasure. I would really look forward to that. Thank you so much, Nate. I always appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. Take care. All right. Enjoy the rest of your night.
All right. Bills Mafia, that is it. That's all I have for you this week. You made it through yet another episode of Buffalo on the Brain. I don't know why you keep doing that to yourself, but do me a favor. Go out, spread some positive love to really anybody in your life. Let people know how much you care about them. Let other content creators know how much you enjoy their work because it is a grind. And, you know, send somebody a private message. Doesn't have to be Bruce. Doesn't have to be Joe. Send something to Jake Jordan. Send something to Eli. Send something to the Aried guys. Send something to Nate. But, uh, you know, it's a grind and people like to know how much their work is appreciated. And I always feel better when I say nice things anyway. But until next week, Bill's Mafia, please squeeze somebody close to you, wear a mask, and go Bills. If you were not absolutely satisfied with this podcast episode, please contact your state senator or the postmaster general. Please be sure to mention, Vince Taylor said that you are a big fucking cryass. Here we are, I'm out of my third Pro Bowl. We're talking about our idiot podcaster who got liquored up and ran his mouth off. So what has the sports world come to? We're talking about idiot podcast. Boy, I'm sure glad that's over with. Me too. Yeah, but you know, I learned something today. Just when you think this show is terrible, something wonderful happens. What? It ends. <laughs>